The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Live statewide on the Ref Radio Sports Network, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Hit up the guys on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439 or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and T.J. Perry. Big 12 opener coming up on Saturday morning. And the Sooners and Cincinnati are going to kick it off 11 a.m. Central time up in the Queen City. And it is our honor now to be joined by the outstanding play-by-play voice of the Bearcats, also voice of the Cincinnati Bengals, and the only man we've ever had on this show who has a Simpsons episode named after him, Dan Horde. Dan, good morning. How are you today? There he is. Good morning, Dan. (laughs) Good morning. I heard that nice intro, and then everything went quiet. (laughs) I we think, got you. Uh, yeah, I, I think there was karma for saying so many nice things about me that probably aren't true. But in any case, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. They're, they're all true. I'm uh, I'm going to ask a personal question now. Just uh, you and me talk, and everybody else ignore us for a second. Um, how, how do you? What's the balancing act like you like for you to get ready for the Bearcats and the Bengals on a weekend? It is the greatest thing in the world. It is my own version of the amazing race, trying to get from one to the other sometimes on Saturday (laughs) to Sunday. But I love college football, and there's nothing quite like the spectacle of the NFL. So the combination of being able to do both is uh, incredibly great. Do you have a – I'm sure you have several, but do you have any entertaining travel stories from trying to get from Saturday (laughs) to Sunday? Uh, There are about two a year, I would say, that get a little bit hairy. Probably – the most memorable was a late-night finish in Tampa after Cincinnati played the University of South Florida, followed by the Bengals playing at 1 o'clock on the West Coast the next day against Oakland. I came walking in, uh, not looking great, uh, but got there in time for kickoff, and the, and the Bengals won the game. So when, wow. that, when that's the case, who cares about sleep? That's Well, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, you're, you're uh, talented enough to pull it off and uh, don't need to work on much sleep. So that's how you do it as well. Well, Dan, disappointing uh, last week. I was listening to you on our drive home from Tulsa, the end of that Miami of Ohio game. What went wrong, in your opinion, last Saturday? Comically bad play in the red zone by the Cincinnati offense. They drove into the red zone eight times and scored two touchdowns. They hit three field goals and came away with nothing. Three times. I think that all adds up. So if you just think of eight red zone trips and you score a touchdown every time, that's a maximum of 56 points. They scored 23. Uh, that's not a formula for success, and yet they still should have won the game. They lined up for a 36-yard field goal at the end of regulation straight away and uh, allowed it to get blocked from the edge. So they, they more or less handed that game away to a longtime rival, the, or the Miami University, not the University of Miami. But in any case, uh, bitterly disappointing after a great road win at Pitt the week before. Was it inability to run the ball down on the goal line or just kind of everything? Mostly the inability to run the ball. Most of those plays inside the 10 in particular were running plays, and they tried a lot of different 
styles of running plays, quarterback, keeper, wide, straight ahead, you name it. They tried it. Not much of it worked. I guess you have to give a lot of credit to Miami for getting a great push up front, keeping Cincinnati out of the end zone. But uh, I think running backs chose some bad paths. There was one play where they brought in two giant defensive linemen to block. They pushed people back into the end zone, and the running back took it wide. I'm not quite sure why. Uh, so things like that happened, and I think it's all correctable. But uh, it, it comes too late, uh, basically, after losing to a team they had beaten 16 times in a row. Yeah, the cliche thing to say when you got you know a big one looming on the horizon is where, where are they looking ahead, where are they peeking ahead. I mean, you beat Miami a, a bunch of times in a row, but they are kind of a rival up there. So what's your sense in that regard? It's really hard to say. There's probably a little of that. One thing that, that enters into the equation here is that Cincinnati has 33 new scholarship players this year and a new coaching staff. So these new guys don't really know much about the rivalry. And if you're not from Cincinnati, you don't think of Cincinnati versus Miami of Ohio as a rivalry. Uh, so these new guys come in, they probably hear, yeah, we've beaten these guys 16 times in a row. It's a team from the MAC. It's a game you're supposed to win. Cincinnati was heavily favored. And uh, maybe all of that added up to just those tiny little margins that cost you the game. Big 12 opener for Cincinnati. Uh, obviously a lot of excitement for the program to be in the conference. You've got Big bad Oklahoma, hated Oklahoma coming to town for the opener. What's the anticipation like in Cincinnati for this game? Fans here have been talking about this game for months because as soon as the schedule came out and we all learned that our first ever Big 12 game would be at home against Oklahoma, I think everybody said, wow, that is awesome. Thank you to the Big 12 for the opportunity. Now, nobody's excited about having to play Oklahoma because how good the Sooners are. But from a fan standpoint, it's an unbelievably cool way to begin playing as a power conference team, for power five conference team for the first time ever. What does being in the Big 12 mean to Cincinnati? Well, it's a lifesaver, quite honestly. Uh, they've been competing with the best of the best for the past several years as a member of the American Athletic Conference. They qualified for the four-team playoff two years ago, the first team outside of the Power Five to ever do it. But because of the TV revenue, it's not sustainable. They were getting $7 million a year from TV. Now they're going to be getting, at some point, more than 40 from the Big 12. And that's not a one-time payment. That's annual. So you're pumping more than $30 million of TV revenue into your athletic program every year. That pays for facilities. That pays for coaches. Uh, it allows you to keep great coaches, which has always been hard at the University of Cincinnati. So, honestly, it's a lifesaver. I would use a word that strong to describe what being in the Big 12 means to UC. Visiting with Dan Horde, voice of the Cincinnati Bearcats, OU Cincy coming up 11 a.m. Central Time on Saturday morning in the Big 12 opener. Uh, Dan, we played up there. Oklahoma played up there in 2010, but that was over at your other stadium, over at uh, Paul Brown. Tell us about Nippert Stadium. Uh, a little more quaint, but it's got a lot of history to it. Uh, Sooner fans who are going to be up there on Saturday, what should they expect from Nippert? I think they're going to love it. I think Nippert Stadium, it's been called the Wrigley Field of college football. Uh, you could picture kind of Cameron Indoor Stadium for Duke basketball fans. It's small. 40,000, so it's not tiny, but it's intimate. It's dug into a hole right in the middle of campus. Uh, when you approach the stadium, you're basically looking straight down 
uh, toward the field. So it's a really cool atmosphere. They've been selling out every game now for a few years since qualifying for that four-team playoff a couple of years ago. So it's going to be packed. The student section is tremendous. The game day atmosphere is great. So it's a unique place. Uh, the city loves it. Our fan base loves it. And I think the Sooners fans that make the trip are going to find it to be quite cool. How's the radio booth, Dan? <laughs> That's the most uh, yes. important thing. <laughs> I don't like his uh, laugh, Drake. I don't like his yeah. laugh. I feel like yeah, we're in it's for not something. Bad. So the vantage point is good. You're not uh-huh. far from the 50, so that part is good. Okay, Nowadays, good. as you know, we, we get further and further yeah. away from the 50-yard line uh, the newer the stadium is. So from a vantage point standpoint, it's pretty good. The booth is narrow. They did not ask me for my input before they <laughs> built the press box, unfortunately. So you're only going to be able to get three guys comfortably shoulder to shoulder in the first row. So a lot of radio crews, you've got announcer, color analyst, stat man, spotter, hard to go for shoulder to shoulder in our booth, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Drake, remind me as soon as we're done with Dan, we got to figure out who to leave behind on this trip. Okay. <laughs> oh, I already know. I already know. You already, you already yeah, figured yeah, yeah, it yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. I've, 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 he's always on the list. So yeah. Drake is also our engineer for our uh, Sooner Radio broadcast. Tell Drake, Drake, if you're listening, very comfortable for the engineer. The oh, engineer's that's, got that's a good That's what I setup, love to hear. Right? That's what I yeah. love who to cares? hear. Right? I don't Not care if the engineer's for, comfortable. Yeah. Not yeah. great for the announcer, but spectacular for the engineer. Uh, how do you like Scott Satterfield so far? He's been great. When he got the job, uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. There's about a week that led up to his hiring from when Luke Fickle announced he was heading to Wisconsin to when Cincinnati announced that Scott was going to get the job, and his name really wasn't speculated about all that much. So when he was hired, I reached out to everybody that I know that knows him, and every single person said, great guy, you're going to love working with him. Players will like him. His coaching staff loves him, and that's the way I've found him to be. He's uh, delightful to work with. And, you know, unfortunately he lost last week, but the team got off to a tremendous start winning the first two games, including on the road at Pitt. So I'm optimistic he's going to have a good tenure as Cincinnati's head coach. And the good news is it seems like no matter who Cincinnati hires, they have success. Mark D'Antonio, Brian Kelly, Butch Jones. Uh, Luke Fickle, who had the most success of any of them. And what does that tell you? It tells you that you can win at Cincinnati. We're in a great state for high school football. Mm -hmm. You can't uh, get many of the best guys because Ohio State is less than two hours away. You just have to get the guys that they don't have room for. And if you do that, you'll be successful here. And I think now that Cincinnati's in the Big 12, recruiting is going to go up even another notch. And uh, Cincinnati should be very competitive in this league within a short period of time. My color analyst is Teddy Lehman, great defensive player back in uh, in his day, and I asked him what he has seen on, on tape from Cincinnati, and he raved about your defensive line. Uh, there's a guy named Dante Corleone, which is one of the great names I've ever heard for a, a nose tackle. <laughs> but they're legit up front, aren't they? They are. I think it's one of the best defensive lines in the Big 12 already. Uh, so you mentioned Dante Corleone, who's more or less a nose center, plays you know over the ball or, or off the shoulder of the center, and he is a wrecking ball. So his nickname is the Godfather, for obvious reasons, Dante Corleone. We've got the Godfather and the Father, because one of the other guys that starts with him, Juwan Briggs, is a father of three, a married father of three. So <laughs> those two guys are great players. They were both all-league uh, last year. Corleone was an All-American last year, and thankfully they stayed 
uh, when Luke Fickle left, a lot of colleges around the country came calling, trying to lure those sure. guys away as transfers with uh, hefty NIL offers. And uh, thankfully, they're both Cincinnati kids that wanted to make sure that this program didn't drop. They stayed, and uh, they are definitely the strength of the defense. A couple more quick questions for Dan Horde, voice of the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, Emory Jones came from Florida, off to a good start this year. What's been your assessment of Emory so far, your quarterback? He's been great. His leadership has really stood out to me. This is his third college, so he started out at Florida, four years there, last year at Arizona State. Now he's finishing up his college career at Cincinnati. New quarterback, new guys, bunch of transfers, and he has really taken over the leadership role on this team. He's a great guy. Uh, as you mentioned, I do the Bengals games as well, and, and the Bengals have some University of Florida grads on the roster, Evan McPherson among them. So I asked them about Emory when I heard he was transferring to Cincinnati, and they said, you're going to love him. He's an unbelievable person and a good player, just needs to be in the right offense. And that's the thing. Scott Satterfield has always had success with dual-threat quarterbacks, most recently at Louisville with Malik Cunningham, who had 70 touchdown passes and 50 touchdown runs. Emory Jones is one of those guys. He had 265 passing yards last week and 101 on the ground. You know, unfortunately, the red zone woes cost the team the game, and, and he made some mistakes in the red zone. But overall, he's played extremely well in the first three games. Anything other than the red zone that has popped up its head as a concern for you early in the season? Not really. I mean, week one was against Eastern Kentucky, so that was a total annihilation. Week two at Pitt, Pitt was just outside of the top 25 at the time, so you go there and win, that's a great win. And then last week, they gave up a 79-yard touchdown pass on the first play of the game against a guy that they had circled as, this is really the one guy we need to stop. So defensively, that was kind of the one big glaring play that, that hurt. Uh, and But offensively, they went up and down the field and just didn't punt it in when they got inside the 10. So uh, the answer is no. That was really the one thing overall last week that, that really stuck, uh, stood out. Finally, Dan, uh, we caught the Cubs. Will Benson, big homer last <laughs> night. Are we getting this thing done or not? Pitching Ten is looking left. very shaky. It's unbelievable, but they got a great start last night. Ten games left, essentially tied for the final wild card spot with the Cubs. All of the remaining games are against teams with losing records. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it just feels like they're going to. Um, you know, this, this lineup has been producing of late. The pitching staff is a mess. But because the teams they have remaining, the Pirates, the Cardinals, the Indians, none of these teams are having a good year. I think they managed to eke it out and qualify for the playoffs. I don't know that they'll have a very long playoff run, but – this team is one year ahead of expectations, and uh, the young nucleus, as you know, is extremely impressive. I'm worried about the Cardinals. They they just sink us every year, and even though they're terrible this year, I just I just I know they're gonna. I don't know. I'm being a pessimist about this, but uh, the Dadgum Cardinals get us every year. I feel like so. We'll, <laughs> well see. Well, that's only Fingers three. Crossed. That's only three of the ten games, correct? Yeah, I know. That's right. So, yeah, your math is, uh, may, it adds up. Maybe they can miss Adam Wainwright, who pitched a gem last night. Maybe things mm -hmm. won't line up so that they don't have to face him. That's kind of my hope. Uh, I haven't calculated whether he's supposed to start one of those games or not. But yeah, I, I do share that fear that the Cardinals, who have had a lousy year, 
will somehow manage to play their three best games of the season in that series. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Dan Horde, uh, voice of the Bearcats. Dan, I look forward to seeing you this Saturday, and thanks for your time today. You bet, Toby. Travel safe. Thank you, bud. There you go. That's a busy guy right there, Draker. Uh, he's doing uh, Bearcat games on Saturday on the East Coast and uh, Bengals games on Sunday on the West Coast sometimes. I can't imagine. Southwest Airlines got that middle-of-the-night flight, Drake, that goes from Tampa to San Fran? That red eye. I believe that's that's access to a PJ is what that's called. (laughs) You make that trip. (laughs) Uh, That's what that is right there. We'll take a break. Back after this. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Welcome back. Hour two of the T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour is brought to you by Hightower Clinical, bringing clinical trial opportunities to Oklahoma. No cost or insurance is needed to participate. Medication is provided for free. And patients, they're compensated for their time as well. They're located conveniently in various metro locations and coming soon to Ardmore. Visit HightowerClinical.com or call or text 405-831-5905. That's Hightower Clinical bringing you this hour of the T-Row in the morning show. Knuppelmeyer Chevrolet text line T-Row. Yeah, go ahead, Drake. Says the real Joe in Cincinnati will always be the late, great Joe Morgan. I thought he was going to say Nuxall. Yeah, I can go with Joe Morgan. Yep. Joe Morgan, Joe Nuxall. There's been a lot of great Joes in Cincinnati history. Joe Burrow, Joey Votto. Toby, uh, Sean has a hard-hitting question for you here. Question, is a visor a hat? It's worn on the head, but it doesn't cover it. Yes. It is a hat? Yes. Okay. Do you disagree? I'd say a visor is a visor. A hot dog is a hot dog, and a sandwich is a sandwich. A visor is in the hat family. There are yes. different types of hats. Right. Okay. There are ball caps. Mm-hmm. There are uh, top hats. Mm-hmm. There are, um, uh, what, what is it that Joe wears? Uh, Fedora. Fedoras, thank you. Mm-hmm. Derbies. Stocking caps. All of those are in the hat family. Visor is, is one of those, yes. Okay. Uh, let's see. So who are we leaving behind, by the way? Who are, who are we not traveling to, uh, cause of the, we can only sit three people down. Front, well, so I mean, gotta... the obvious choice is, uh, Shep, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's who it has to be. Sorry, Shep. Um, uh, we know we, he would show up in his chief gear anyways and would cause so many problems. For that's him, a so. good point. I didn't think about we'd be in, we're in Bingles town. He's going to do something to stir the pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to wear Cubs stuff? Because I'm a little worried about you. No. Friday no, night. No. I'm a fr- professional T-Row. Okay. Come on. All right. Come on. Now, uh, we've been in, three, we've been in uh, plenty of booths that we can only fit three down front, so we'll be fine. Yeah, no, no, no. That, now, you that, might have to sit next to Stats, so just be ready for that. But Yeah, he always we'll is, is always joking that he's going to pull plugs and press buttons. And uh-huh. always, always bothers me. I have to slap his hands. Uh, Toby... Have you pulled the trigger yet on YouTube TV? No. I have not. I, 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 I'm still leaning that direction, but I have not done it yet. 
everybody, well, not everybody, almost everybody vows for it as a tremendous decision they've made in their lives. So I think I'm going to do it, but I haven't done it yet. I believe Josh Helmer pulled the trigger on that recently just because of the Sunday ticket. And does he like it? He was talking about how he wished it was uh, he could fast forward six days forward because he wished that he could take it all in again. So I think oh, that he, he was loved very, it so much. He wants it to be Sunday to again. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I got I to gotta talk to my wife about it. That's what uh, we haven't been able to sit down and have the cable conversation right, yet. So right, I got to I got to right. do that. So I do don't you, make do these guys, decisions on my own. Do you guys still have uh, that three letter uh, three letter company? Yes. Okay. We have Cox Cable. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next up out of the 918, no Big Brother talk today. Bummer. Uh, I am way behind on Big Brother. Um, so I would be of no help to you as far as doing any segment talk. Mike Steely endorsing YouTube TV. There, whoa. Hey. And that guy is older than me. Uh-huh. So if he can figure it out, I can figure it out, right? That's right. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to wait for uh, TJ to get back before we uh, dive into any more Big Brother talk. It has been another fantastic season for the greatest show on television. And uh, there's definitely some drama going on right now. I'm not thrilled with how the last head of household turned out. Hmm. But uh, I'm going to hold off talking about it until TJ gets back. Okay. JT. Yeah, JT. Uh, out of the 907, that's an Alaska area code, T-Row. I like the new NFL song. It's Baker's warm-up music, it says. Is that really Alaska? 907, it says yeah. here on the text line, yeah. Nice. Okay. It's early in Alaska right now. Like, early? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening up there. Maybe maybe they're not in Alaska. Maybe they've got yeah, an Alaskan yeah, yeah, yeah. phone and they're in Norman for yeah. all I know. Mm-hmm. But let's pretend they're in Alaska. Yeah, absolutely. Love the dedication. Mm-hmm. Um, Panda in Texas wants to know, why don't you help Drake set up so you can both go to the game? Whenever we do that, everybody, it's kind of all hands on deck to where everybody kind of contributes what they can and uh, help set up. So that's, that's something. So good that, point. Yeah. Good point. Um. Like on a Friday, for example, I got my own work to do usually. Yep. So Drake's doing his stuff. I'm doing my stuff. But if we get there on a Saturday and we're slamming it like we might be doing this week, it's all hands on deck to an extent. But at some point, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yes. And like Drake does it a certain way. So we can help with some stuff, like get, getting you know the boxes to the booth and, and, and helping him with whatever he asks us to help with. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Drake. But at some point, we kind of just need to get out of his way mm-hmm. because he likes things done a certain way, and we're all in his way if we don't get out of his way. Yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. It's not, it's not, there's no. nothing about we're being rude or anything. No. We're more than happy to help, and we do as much as we can. Yes. But – it, at some point, it's he's the pro, and so he's like, just le- leave me alone for 30 minutes, and, and I'll be fine. Yeah. 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 That's right. Okay. Uh, Bobby and BA says, good morning, A1 and Turkey Bacon. Good morning. DJ's not here today. 
Uh, oh, it's McGriddle. It's uh-huh, McGriddle. That's too. right. Uh, I have never had a hard time finding Sooner Vision on ESPN Plus on the home screen. Scroll down, find the channel bar. Scroll right to find Sooner Vision channel. It is next to the Longhorn channel. Select Sooner Vision and all the content in this order of airing. Do you know if Sooner Vision will go away once OU is in the SEC? Same question about Longhorn Network. So what we have learned, who, what's the name of that texter? Bobby and BA. Bobby, what we have learned is that ESPN plus uh, method that you just suggested everyone does not work the same on all platforms that's right on every Different people, every device every app mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you might have roku somebody else might have uh some other you know brand. fire tv and it and it's a little different and it's for whatever reason harder to find on some than on others i'm still a little foggy on what's going to happen next year but I did talk to Joe about this recently, and my impression is that OU and Texas are both folding into the SEC network and the extensions thereof. And if somebody listening wants to correct something I'm about to say, please do so. But the Longhorn Network's going away, and my understanding is, in all likelihood, quote-unquote, Sooner Vision is going away, and everything now will exist as a part of uh, SEC Plus when it is streaming on ESPN Plus. I think there's a possibility that they're still going to leave some stuff under Sooner Vision, like if we want to put the huddle out there or the assistant coaches show, stuff like that, maybe. But everything else of all the other schools, like their Nick Saban show and Kirby Smart show and all the other stuff they do, that all lives on SEC Plus. So I think my understanding is Starting next year, everything Oklahoma puts out and produces also folds into the the games that they broadcast. Everything goes into SEC+. Plus. Now, there is an SEC Network channel, obviously. There's a couple of them, actually. There'll be a lot more stuff broadcast on those. You know, in addition to football and basketball games, they do a lot of other stuff, volleyball and soccer and, and baseball and all kinds of baseball and softball. So that's going to be great. But... Where you'll find it now on ESPN Plus is under the SEC Plus banner. That is my understanding. Again, if somebody at Sooner Vision or Joe's office is listening and wants to correct that, please please feel free, free to reach out. Yeah, I don't have as much. It's kind of odd that I don't have as much direct information on what's going to happen with the Sooner Vision channel on the ESPN app as I do with Longhorn. Like the Longhorn Network stuff, I've been told by my friend that works for ESPN up in Bristol, that that actual like studio and everything like it's structure, the ESPN employees there, like that's getting shut down and it's getting simplified and like everything's going to be moved to Charlotte for the SEC network where Mm -hmm. ESPN has their headquarters for that. So I mean, I could see that's a a whole TV station though. Yes. Not just a production yes. facility. Yes. Like yes. Oklahoma's got a production yes. facility. There's no reason Correct. to shut that Correct. down. We're still going to be producing games and Absolutely. shows and all that. The question is, where will it live? Yes. And, and it, you know, I could see, I could still see a benefit for OU in Texas for those channels to still exist on uh, ESPN. But is, is it a situation where the SEC wants it to go away so that more people are driven to the sec specific page i would think that that's the case but yeah i don't know what that's 
We'll, we'll continue to find out more as we get closer to July 1st of next year. Good question, though. 7.35 in the morning. What did Brent Venables have to say about Danny Stutzman's game on Saturday and the uh, uh, fake flop? I guess it was a actual, it was a real flop. The flop on the fake uh, personal foul was pretty good last night at Rudy's. We'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Toby and Drake back with you on a Tuesday morning, rainy Tuesday across the state of Oklahoma. Sooners and Cincy coming up on Saturday morning. It's looking nice up there. 83 degrees and sunny, it says right now on Saturday. Uh, okay, one of my favorite uh, moments from last night's Rudy show with Brent Venables. Hopefully you've seen it by now. Uh, we put out on social media. I guess it was just the pictures. I don't know that the, the, the actual video was put out. But the in-the-booth cam when uh, Danny Stutzman had his pick six on Saturday. That happened to be when Bob Stoops was in the booth with us. And uh, it's it's kind of fun to watch Teddy's reaction more than anything. He is so overwhelmed with joy with the uh, with the play. It's it's kind of adorable to see one great linebacker appreciating another great linebacker. And so last night, coming out of a break, they played that video. And where we pick it up is uh, Brent reacting to seeing this video. And then he's going to go on to talk about Danny Stutzman and eventually uh, the flop. Hey, so that's the, that's the booth. That's the booth. I've never been in the booth. Yeah. Yeah, I've not been Listen. invited to the booth. Right. How come I've not been invited to the booth? We'd love to have you game. anytime you'd like to come up or if you just like to watch during the game. Did you see how excited Teddy was for Stutzman on the uh, pitch <laughs> He's six fun there? to watch, man. He's the, the personality. He, he's, 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 come he's pretty goofy, so um, but it's an innocent goofiness. He just loves to play mm-hmm. and he loves to have fun. And it's it's funny because he likes to have fun when I'm like to be mad, <laughs> and uh, and it's hard to be mad at him for very long. And I've always said that you can you can get mad at him, but don't don't stay mad long, and uh, because they got to play for you. And um, I just man, he plays so hard. Uh, he's living and dying in every play. He really is, and uh, he's really coming into his own. Super uh, fun guy to have in the locker room on a team. Everybody on the team, both sides of the ball, kickers, everybody loves Danny. Yeah. And he loves and respects everybody. And and sometimes, you know, guys are the proverbial leaders, but they're it's kind of uncomfortable. And uh, you, you have to try to help that transformation take place. And um, it's not the case with Danny. He's, um, he's a dude and... Uh, he's a doer. That's probably why guys really like him. He is fun, um, but when it t- comes time to compete, he loves to compete and he loves to work. He's a worker, and that's what guys they see him. They they watch him work nonstop, and he he's constantly trying to help guys and get guys to be better and, and inspire and challenge guys. You know, in a really healthy way. Because sometimes guys in the locker room are like, "You're not the coach, and you're not my dad. We and like I'm not listening to you." That isn't good, you know. And then you gotta, hey man, you know, 
you're not the leader right now. You know, you need to, you need some help actually and try to help guys. I think one of your best qualities that you can have as a teammate is be the willingness to be led. Even if you're a natural leader, you still have humility to, to sure. allow people to, to lead you. And when you have that chemistry and cohesion, everybody gets better through it all. So, um, you know, How'd you grade him on that flop attempt he had? <laughs> Did you grade that out pretty high, or are you going to have to develop a drill to practice that it? That was awful. Yeah. <laughs> he, he spent all that time. It was really, we, we laughed at it. Our defensive staff watched, we watched it on Sunday. I didn't know it happened during the game. And uh, so we had a good snicker about it. Uh, that was it was athletic. <laughs> it was actually very athletic. Uh-huh. Uh, it was just a count late. If he would, if he could have timed it up better, it would have been awesome. How about that guy too? And he was like, "What? Are, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, y'all were winning thirty-five bad. to seven or whatever it was at that time. It's like, why are you wasting time? That's just Danny trying to have some fun. Uh, good stuff from uh, Coach Venables last night at uh, Rudy's, and of course. Well documented, Danny Stutzman off to a fantastic start to the year. He leads the Big 12 in tackles. He got a pick six last week and going to have an uh, important role every week. But again, this week with the versatile and athletic Emory Jones at quarterback for Cincinnati. He also uh, said last night that Desan McCullough is expected back this Saturday. That could be big, although uh, we'll see. You know, I don't know if uh, I would assume Desan has not been practicing much if at all because the injury was an ankle injury so is he in form does he immediately go into the starting lineup or does he need uh you know a week or so to get his uh uh uh, training back under him his cardio back all that kind of stuff i don't know but if he's ready to go his size his ranginess his speed as good as Kip Lewis and Peyton Bowen are, and I'd be fine if they end up playing there, nobody's got that combination like Desan McCullough has. And I think against a quarterback like Emory Jones, a, a mobile quarterback, that that could be extremely valuable. So hopefully he gets ba- added back into the mix. Brent also said something last night that I want to underline because I've been trying to say this since the beginning of the season, and for some reason – I don't know if my microphone is off or people don't want to listen or why they can't get it through their heads, Drake. But Brent said last night, he was talking about the running backs and Javante and Sawchuck kind of getting spotlighted this week. And he mentioned that obviously Sawchuck has been injured. And he said, Javante Barnes still has not had very many live reps so uh, in practice, so he's, he's still trying to get his timing back and everything. And there has been this big hoopla since the year started. Why in the world are they playing Tawi Walker and Marcus Major? Why in the world can't anybody tell that the best running backs are Javante Barnes and Gavin Sacha? And I keep saying, they're hurt. They're hurt. They have been hurt. That's why they are coming back from injury. They are not 100%. And they're getting closer, and they were close enough to get to play Saturday, but you, you heard there, Coach was like, they still haven't had many live reps and a lot of – so for whatever reason, nobody – like, I don't know, reporters are – it's like everybody's just completely ignored. And Brent has said it several times that – 
Javante Barnes, who had the procedure in the spring, was was slowly coming back from it and still was not 100%. And yet the more carries Tawi Walker got, the madder people got that Javante Barnes wasn't getting carries. Javante Barnes is good, and when he's 100%, probably is still going to be the go-to back on this team, in my opinion. I don't know. But the reason the carries were distributed the way they were early in the year is, one, because Tawi Walker had a great fall and Marcus Major had a great fall, and two, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk were injured. He said it going into the season. We had a couple of guys that have been dealing with some things, and they're not 100% at the running back position, and then the depth chart came out and everybody lost their minds. And I came on the air and said, hey, don't read too much into that. Brent just said he's got a couple of guys injured. Who do you think that could be? Well, nobody picked up on that. So the next week I was like, hey, guys, Barnes and Sawchuck are hurt. They've been hurt. They're slow to come back. They're not 100%. They haven't practiced very much, if at all. And then we kept getting mad about uh, Barnes not getting the ball. Well, I, I think that it'll be very interesting to see, one, how he recovered from Saturday because it's the first real run he's had, practice or otherwise, in a long time, long time, really at the Cheez-It Bowl. And two, now that they've all had an opportunity to be showcased, now that we're in the conference play, you know, who do they, who do they want carrying the football? I mean, I think it's probably going to be Walker and Major. Maybe, maybe Barnes too, but if you're just judging based on who has been the best so far the year this year, Tawi Walker's the answer, and Marcus Major would be second in my opinion. Again, I love Javante Barnes, and I think he's probably going to be the guy when he gets healthy. But he hasn't been. He's on his way. He's getting closer. He got a nice number of carries Saturday with with okay success. He had a 17-yard run in there, which is nice. He averaged 4.2 a carry. That's not great, but it's not bad either. So we'll see. Uh, uh, not you know the the other the uh, freshman. Um, uh, why am I blanking? Uh, Drake, help me out. Not uh, Smothers, but. Um, um, Zero. I don't have my spotter board. Uh, Hicks. Yeah. He Hicks, he yeah. was – I don't think he even suited up Saturday. Yeah. I, I, I think that that was one of the guys that Shep had mentioned they wasn't spotting down there. So Yeah, Caleb Hicks. Uh, so uh, he's obviously got something going on right now too. But, listen, you cannot have too many running backs. They get hurt. And, um, man, we'll see. But, I, I mean, I would – I'm guessing Sawchuck and Major are kind of back. They got a week to rest. Uh, they should be 100%. Barnes and Sawchuck didn't go out there and blow them away and take the job from them. So I, I, I would be my guess. Maybe not. Maybe maybe Barnes bounces back and he's even better and he's the guy that gets the start on Saturday. And that's great if he is. But uh, Britt said it again last night. Like he just has not been able to practice very much at all. So. 750. We'll be back.
Did you miss one of our shows? Don't beat yourself up, because we've made it easy for you to beat that Ref Army FOMO. Catch up on shows and interviews you might have missed with the Ref Podcast page. Just go to KREF.com and click on the podcast page. Or go check out your favorite podcast provider and search for KREF, the home of Sooner fans. Here for you 24-7, 365 at the KRF Podcast page. Short segment for hour two to end with. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show, it's brought to you by Hightower Clinical. Bringing clinical trial opportunities to Oklahoma. No cost or insurance needed to participate. Study opportunities include diseases such as ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, cancer, and many more. They believe everyone should have access to new treatment options through clinical trial participation. Give them a call at 405-831-5905 or visit Hightower Clinical. Dot com today. A uh, couple texts here on the text line. Uh, we yeah, go ahead. On the Kidnapalmire Chevrolet text line. We talked uh, about how much OSU was losing in talent over the summer, so this should be no surprise that they struggled to start the year. I mm-hmm. hope Colin Oliver transfers 60 minutes south next year. Hmm. All right. Um, the average score of Oklahoma State games is 20.3 to 20.3, and they have played Central Arkansas, South Alabama, and Arizona State. Uh, Mike, there might be a problem. Well, there's a problem. The question is, is it, can they get it fixed? Uh, we have seen teams, and we've seen OSU teams get off to slow starts before and right the ship and get it together and be good. We, have, we haven't seen a loss like that one at home, maybe ever in the Mike Gundy era, where they were completely dominated by a team like South Alabama. It was a good program, but still, it's South Alabama. Uh, so, I don't know. You know, the confidence of the locker room is a big point, a big thing at this point. Yeah. That has to be shaken. And now you got a road game. I think they're pretty fortunate that the road game is what it is. Because if they were going somewhere tougher in the Big 12 this week, I wouldn't give them any chance at all. But Iowa State, Iowa State's got less confidence than Oklahoma State does right now. They just got beat by Ohio. So, I don't know. This will be a very interesting game Saturday in Ames. Also, an 11 – no, 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 that's a 3 o'clock kick. TU in Northern Illinois, 11 a.m. Top of the hour break, 8 o'clock. Jeff Levy on his offensive line coming up when we come back. From the gridiron. To the hardwood, to the diamond, no one covers the Sooners like we do. If it's Sooner Sports, we have you covered 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. This is the home of Sooner fans. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Zero.
joke. He's got a quick wit, but his forty's slow. He's T-Ro. Watson under center. Steelers showing blitz. Long count. Play action fake. He's back. There's that the ball is out of the Steelers. Yes. Pick it up. And that's T.J. Watt running for the end zone. Steelers with the touchdown. Will Benson oh miss this one. Hammered to right center field. It is gone. Nobody's catching that one. Robbed of a home run his first time up, and he absolutely destroys this one. Pitch. There's a fly ball right field deep. That goes Tucker on the trick. Mullins has done it again. Cedric Mullins, you are the man. It is an 8-7 Orioles lead. They have jumped ahead of the Astros once more. Hour 3, T-Row in the morning show. Toby and Drake back with you. TJ back tomorrow from his mid-football season vacation to Nashville, the first of multiple mid-football season vacations he will be taking uh, this year. Draker, your team, the Cubs, my team, the Reds, now tied for the final wild card spot with, at, at least in my case, 10 games to go. I think you might have more than that. How you feeling, man? Terrible. Who do you have starting tonight? That's a I got it. Right that's here. a that's a good question. Um, Jordan Wicks started on Sunday. Pirates. You have the you have, you have Assad going tonight. You have the Pirates at Wrigley. Assad. Okay. Uh, Javier Assad's pitched pretty well over the last uh, month or so. So um, feel good about him being the guy on the mound. It, it's. It really hasn't mattered who's on the mound the last uh, two weeks, though. I mean, it's kind of the biggest part of what's caused. You look at the ESPN like metrics of odds to win, uh, make it into the playoffs, and stuff like that. I think like two weeks ago they were up to like ninety six percent to be in Mm. the playoffs, and now it's gone down to like sixty percent or uh, even lower than that. So. I think Sunday it was uh, right at 60%, so it might have gone lower than that with the Reds catching them last night. So um, I don't feel great about them, to be honest. It, it It's kind of a similar season for the Reds, for the Cubs, in terms of they're probably a season ahead of schedule, and this was not something I was anticipating them. Yeah, they were uh, out of it at the All-Star yeah, break. Yeah, completely out of it. And they just had a red-hot June and August, and – September has been a bit of a struggle. So um, there's a particular Cardinals fan that I won't say his name, but told me that he was cheering for the Cubs to win the division. And ever since he told me that, oh boy, everything's kind of come off the rails. So I kind of blame you. him a little bit, a little bit. But it's it's one of those things. It's still fun to be in the hunt again at this time oh, of, of year. And to have the team be relevant and everybody speculating, okay, now the Cubs, they are positioned lineup-wise with this uh, young set of stars that's kind of replenishing after the departures of Bryant Rizzo and Baez and all these other guys. Um, they Their starting rotation, I mean, with Marcus Stroman being out as long as he has and him having a all-star caliber first half, um, it's not a huge surprise that they faded the way they have, 
but it's still very frustrating to watch. Um, I really do not ever want to see the Diamondbacks ever again because uh, <laughs> they lost uh, six of seven against them. So yeah. not great. No, they're they need to calm down. Arizona needs to calm down. Yeah, uh, they're annoying right now. Yeah, very annoying. You've got uh, about, about ten games to go in the National League Wild Card. You've got uh, Philly looks good, like they're going to get the first one. Then you got Arizona. Right now, would have the second Wild Card. They're a half game up on the Cubs and Reds, who are a half game up on Miami. So four teams within one game fighting for two spots. San Fran, two games back of that. You can't rule them out yet either. And TJ's Rangers, not as much traffic, but same situation. They are right now tied for the last wild card spot with Seattle. Toronto, one game ahead of both of them. So three teams fighting for two spots there. Uh, One of those teams is is not going to make the playoffs, despite already having over 80 wins on the year. So uh, this is fun. Down the stretch we come, and uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully Friday night means something by the time we get to Cincinnati, so there'll be some drama some in drama. the air. Yeah, uh, yeah it, the, the thing that is probably uh, the cold splash of water for any of these teams in the wildcard hunt is, you know, anything can happen in a, a five- or seven-game series in Major League Baseball, but the fact that you are going to have to go through the Dodgers or Braves at least at some point, if not both of them to be able to make it to the fall classic is probably the nah, one. No big deal. No yeah. Big deal. No big deal. No big deal. Just no probably, big deal. probably the two best teams in baseball, but uh, bold projections out after week three, the two ESPN guys both have OU in the Alamo bowl. Now is this, one of them. Is this official? Can we lock this? No. In? People need to. Okay. No. Thank you for saying that. Please do not make any travel arrangements. These are not official yet. Okay. Still football to be played. Uh, but both of them have them going back to San Antonio. Uh, one of them has them playing Oregon again. There. The other one, Oregon Ooh. State. DJ Uyunglele, and Oregon State. The USA Today Bowl projections a little more encouraging. They have Oklahoma in one of the New Year's Six Bowls now, the Cotton Bowl against Notre Dame. Their semifinal teams are Michigan, Texas, Georgia, and Florida State. So, I mean, we are headed forward. If OU and Texas can take care of their business in the next couple of weeks, and it'll be tricky. The Cincinnati game is tricky. Texas has to go to Baylor. They're better than Baylor. They shouldn't lose that game, but Texas does things like that. And then they've got, I think, Kansas at home. Is that right? That sounds got, right. I think they got Kansas at home right before OU, and they always struggle with Kansas wherever they play them. But if they can both take care of business the next couple of weeks, we are headed toward another epic OU-Texas-Red River rivalry in uh, three Saturdays from now. Uh, all right, O-line, if there's one thing right now on the offensive side of the ball that's got Sooner fans worried, it is the run game. It's been okay, but it has not been dominant. They have not broken off any explosive plays. I'm not sure how the metric is measured, but Gabe was showing me a stat last night on explosive rushing 
And right now, OU ranks 124th out of 130 teams in explosive rushing. Their yards per game, their yards per carry, they're all fine, kind of average. But they're not breaking off any 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 big plays in the running game. And Jeff was asked yesterday, Jeff Levy, his opinion so far in his offensive line. Yeah, we've got to continue to get better, obviously, as we move forward. You know, the unit that we're facing this week is going to be the best unit we've played uh, up to this point. And, you know, we've, we've got to continue to play guys uh, like Caden and like Jacob so that we're – uh, able to play multiple guys at, uh, at at the front spot. You know, I think we ended up playing 10 uh, last week. Troy also has played a lot of ball for us here in the first three weeks, which has been good to see. Um, the run game, we need more production from that standpoint. Uh, and we also we need to create some explosives at times in the run game. So we'll look forward to, uh, to that being a big part of who we are as we're moving forward as well. Best uh, offensive line they've seen so far, or, or defensive line, Cincinnati will be one of the best they see all year. I mean, Texas is really good. But uh, this Cincinnati D-line with Dante Corleone and friends, a couple of NFL talent guys up there. So big test, and it looks like, you know, it would be a surprise, I would say, at this point if Savion Bird plays in this game. Left the Tulsa game with some sort of an of an injury it appeared and uh Caden Green came in played left guard he's a good looking kid man 653216 is what he's listed as and you look at that line and not that Savion Bird's little Savion Bird 65296 he's 20 pounds bigger than Savion it is massive Rouse 66 Green 6'5", Rame 6'4", Matoyer 6'4", Guyton 6'7". All of the the lightest one with Green in there is Andrew Rame at 305. It is a massive offensive line, but you still got to have good technique and and all that kind of stuff. They've been good in pass protection. Uh, Gabriel, not a sack Saturday and comfortable all day. The run game's been just so-so. And now you're going to potentially put a true freshman in there against uh, a really good defensive line, and that's a formula for worry. So the spotlight Saturday will squarely be on the Oklahoma offensive line in this game because Cincinnati can make game-changing plays with their defensive line. Sack fumble, um knock your quarterback out, whatever the case may be. Uh, Oklahoma's going to have to be able to run the ball to some extent, hopefully well, but at least to some extent to keep them honest. So the spotlight's squarely on Rouse, probably Green, Rame, Matoyer, and Guyton on Saturday. And if Caden Green struggles, then I would expect we will see Troy Everett at that point. Maybe they trust Troy Everett more and he'll start the game. I don't know, but... I would guess it'll be uh, Caden Green and a big test, big, big test. I think there are some other things that obviously they can take advantage of Cincinnati. Their secondary is gettable a little bit. I think that Emory Jones, if you can make him a passer, which is hard, and they didn't do a very good job of that against Cardell Williams in the second quarter last Saturday. But if you can make him a passer, 
I think he's going to struggle against the Oklahoma secondary. Somebody's going to have to, you know, the, the, it's going to have to be some integrity to the rush lanes. Somebody's going to probably spy him to keep him from getting out and making plays with his legs. If you can make him sit in that pocket and try to beat Oklahoma's defense with his arm, then uh, I don't like his chances. I, I think that is a good, that is a winning formula for the Oklahoma defense. 816, back to the text line when we come back. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Final hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show. A1 and McGriddle with you one last day this week. JT will be back tomorrow morning for everybody. That's Tur- right. Turkey bacon. Cyrus brought to you by RK Black. They've been in business over 70 years, bringing the best in office technology solutions to small and medium-sized businesses. I don't know businesses. what kind of condition he'll be in after Ooh. four days in Nashville, but Ooh. he'll be back. He will have – he will <laughs> – let's just say he will have had a very unhealthy diet the last few days. Mm-hmm. That much we know is true. What, a, lot even shared, if, a lot of shared food and beverages. Lots of shared food and beverages. Lots of hot chicken, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, been in business uh, for 70 years serving Oklahoma and Kansas and uh, for small and medium-sized businesses, bringing you the best in office technology solutions. So if you listen on the KRF app, by the way, the last 30 days on the KRF app, the KRF Army has been killing it. Over a million listeners the last 30 days, T-Row. That can't be right. That can't be right. A million? That's that's much bigger that's than That's more than 11. 11. That's much bigger than 11. Uh, those of you in Kansas, though, right. listening on the KRF app, you are... And somebody served. put the comma in the wrong place on yeah, that, I think. That's right. That's right. Or forgot to drop a, uh, a period a Decimal. There. Decimal point, yeah. Um, those technology solutions include copiers, faxes, printers, scanners, document management, network solutions, and so much more. Visit RK Black or give them a call at... 405 I thought we were going away. That's I right. thought we were going away. Aren't we going away? I, you know, I mean, that's what I had heard, but uh, it, it, that hasn't necessarily come uh, to fruition yet, no. has it? I guess not. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Pastor MC says, were you guys aware of the original home of the Cincinnati Bengals was Nippert Stadium? I did not realize well, did that. Not it does make that, sense, no. though. Did not know that. this um, out of the 918, just wanted to throw something in. Through the first three weeks, we have scored the most and have been scored on the least in the Big 12. Yeah, I think uh, top five in the nation in scoring offense and scoring defense, or is it top 10? I think it's top five. So, um, have been good on both ends so far. Special teams has been good too. Really good. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Next up, can I point text Lead line? the nation in third down conversion right Ooh. now, too, on offense. Uh, 918 wants to know, is T-Row going to get him some Skyline Chili? Uh, absolutely. That has been. Yeah, I'll get the Coney Dogs. I- I'm going Skyline Coney Dogs. Uh, Same. Two reasons there that I will go Coney over Chili. Okay. One, at a baseball game, it's just easier to eat. Mm-hmm. And two, I love Skyline Chili, but a big old 
bowl of Skyline Chili the night before an 11 a.m. broadcast Ooh, is yeah. probably not a great combination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll go Coney Dogs Friday night at the game. If nothing else, you're just being pragmatic. Uh, yeah, there was plus a... they're delicious. The coin oh, you gotta have a yeah. a hot dog at a baseball game. Yeah, I mean, the did you ever go to Top Dogs here in Norman when it was here? No, it's it was that skyline style of chili that they would have on those uh, miniature conies like that. Yeah, oh, there it was. I miss that place so much. That Love was, a good coney. That was one of my frequents uh, when I was in uh, college at OU. So. Uh, monster truck guy on the Kidmeyer Chevrolet text line says, "Hot dogs are in the sandwich family, but no one expects them to be at the family reunion." I say a <laughs> visor is a hat, but Hulu TV is better than YouTube. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot there. Yeah, yeah. A visor's a hat. Hot dogs in the sandwich family, but not invited to the family reunion. That's funny. Absolutely. Uh, T-Row, my son, and I listen every morning getting ready for school. He heard you talking about the Reds uh, and out on uh, out on his uh, Reds De La Cruz jersey today uh, and said this will bring Toby and his Reds yes. good luck today. Good. I hope Ellie gets hot. He's been struggling mm-hmm. the last few weeks. They've dropped him down in the lineup. It would really help their stretch drive here if he could get on a hot streak. So, Hopefully the combination of uh, us talking about the Reds and you wearing your Dela Cruz jersey today will ignite a hot streak for Ellie. That, regardless of what team you're a fan of, watching Ellie Dela Cruz is just fun for baseball. He's one of those guys yeah. that you never know what's going to necessarily happen whenever he walks on dime, whenever he's whether it is defensively, whether it is him in the batter's box on the base paths, he is, the he is yeah. exciting. Yeah, massive I mean, arm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's three guys that really stand out to me as far as being kind of must-watch TV in baseball right now. Uh, Shohei Otani, Julio Rodriguez, and Ellie De La Cruz. Acuna? Ronald Acuna, yeah. yeah. Mookie Betts is... Him, put him in that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he is going to need to spend the off season learning to uh, learn the strike zone better. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's he's struggling against breaking balls, and he is struggling to pick out balls from strikes. But when he makes contact, he hits it hard. So he strikes out a lot, though. Uh, Frat Bro Mark says best episode ever of Big Brother last night. Just saying. There wasn't one last night. Uh, Sunday night, he must be talking about. It, it oh, was okay. a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. No, it's a good. It's been a good year, despite. I think, like some of their best house guests being eliminated already, but uh, it's been a good year. They're all good, man. Every year it lives up. It's it's a great. The fight. He's talking Sunday night. They had a big fight, and uh, and then uh, so it's good. I don't say any more than that. Uh, is a bandana a hat? How about a headband? A do-rag? No. If not, what defines this? I would say no on all of those. Those would be head apparel. They would not be in the hat head family. Covering. Let's don't overcomplicate this, folks. Yeah, please, please. Uh, you know something's a hat. A hat's a hat. No, when you see it. Uh, out of the 918 on the Kidmire Chevrolet text line, great job on the play-by-play on the games. Lost vision in the last five years, and you do hmm. 
awesome work on being descriptive in the games. Does it have a name on it? Does not. Just says uh, it's. Uh, let's see if we've got uh, a name earlier here. Thank you, sir or ma'am, whoever you are. There are one of the things that has, I guess, surprised me uh, when I got this job is just how many visually impaired people there are out there who rely on the radio broadcast for the games. Obviously, I knew there were there were some, but I have been um, amazed at how many. And uh, I don't know if there's anything that hits the heart more than knowing that, you know, than knowing that they are completely reliant on our broadcast to know whether their beloved Sooners are winning or losing and, and how they're doing. So absolutely love hearing from uh those people and thank you very much for sending in that text message this morning that that means a lot to all of us absolutely what's the what's the broadcasting term creating the theater of mind for your Mm -hmm. audience so you do an excellent job on that um taught an okc uh tell me you've got to get youtube tv you can watch up to six different tvs at one time with a split screen to watch four games at one time First time subscribers, only $64.99 a month for the first three months. This guy's a salesman. Yeah, Todd and OKC. Uh, You've won me over, okay? I got to have the conversation with uh, the wife, and if she agrees, I think we'll make the move. I'm worried. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I've had cable for ever, ever. And since cable came out, I've had cable. And so uh, it makes me nervous, but, man, an overwhelming vote for the YouTube TV. Yeah, that was quite the salesmanship right there. Uh, Bobby NBA says, sorry, McGriddle, I have Apple TV. That's uh, maybe why it's so easy for me, by the way. He had the uh, big dissertation on how to get to yep. Sooner Vision. So. Yeah. Um, Gunny of Sutsman Army says, good morning, A1 and Real Bacon. That fake uh, bacon guy thought my 69-16 score prediction against Tulsa was just childish. Well, I'm surprised that your scoring prediction every week, Gunny, is not 42 to nothing. But Gunny of Stutzman Army did not enter a pick in week two of the King of the Mountain contest. Ooh. Ooh. Brought to you by the Carlsbad Management Group. And I have uh, I got this ready to go, so I'll be tweeting it out in uh, the next little while here but um uh, let me see if i can eyeball how many we lost let's see week one was 80 and it looked like that week two is more i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 100 100 100 to 120 people off the mountain this week which should leave us with right around two two fifty left on the mountain um as always if you look at the results when they're tweeted out and there is a discrepancy then tomorrow morning when JT is back, uh, just text him and we'll get it all fixed. A lot. I have several people who did not send in a pick for week two. And if you believe you did, just send in proof and, and we'll get it fixed. Just looking back at... Gunny? Gunny. It's not within the 6A to 9A window. Mm. But he did send in a pick at on Friday at 4.12 a.m. I can't take it. Yeah. So sorry. Yep. We have strict rules for everyone, Gunny. I apologize. Yep. 
So that's uh, that's why he was left off uh, the mountain okay. this week. Uh, Burley Boomer. Uh, Burley Boomer tried to enter twice, by the way. Ooh. Bur- Burley Boomer missed his pick in week one and sent in another pick in week two. Oh, uh, you have to love it. FYI, Bobby NBA, I stream it right off the app to my TV. Um, All right. Burley was who was uh, complaining about ESPN Plus to begin with. Um, I have Hulu Plus live sports, and it has ESPN Plus. Does YouTube TV have ESPN Plus? Uh, I don't think it includes. I don't think it includes ESPN Plus. I think that bundle no. deal is exclusive to Hulu. Yeah, Hulu's owned by Disney, and so they've got Hulu's got the Disney stuff and the ESPN stuff and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Vision only has live or upcoming programming and the program listing. It doesn't have the OU on-demand content. It should. Agree. Yep. You got to search for that separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Give me one, one more here. Sooner Chris on the Kenneth Meyer Chevrolet text line says, guys, I watched the Georgia game play back. Can you address why we never rush or blitz like Georgia? Can we do, can we, do we have the players? If not, we're in trouble. Please talk about it. Thanks, Sooner Chris. Well, I need to know what you mean, like blitz like Georgia. What do you mean by that? Because OU blitzes a lot. Yeah. Brent Venables blitzes more than any coach in America. So what do you mean blitz like Georgia? Like, are they bringing a blitz from somewhere that OU isn't? Are they, in your opinion, doing it more often? Are they, what does that mean? Uh, And then we'll get Teddy involved because he is more qualified to speak on defensive strategy than I am. But I'm interested in your question because uh, Oklahoma does blitz. Now, there are times when they drop eight into coverage and that for you know, sometimes drives people crazy, I know. But, um, yeah, OU blitzes a ton, a ton. I would imagine most of the creative blitzing has not been shown yet this year because of the opponents. The exotic stuff, it's been mostly uh, bringing an extra linebacker. We haven't seen a whole lot of we, – I've seen, there's been a couple of times they've – they blitz the safeties, but we haven't seen a whole lot of exotic stuff yet. But you know it's in Brent's arsenal because we've seen it through the years. We'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Oh, man, it's a sleepy day. Rainy across Oklahoma today. Chance for more storms tonight. Potentially severe. So everybody uh, stay alert out there. Of course, we're headed to Cincinnati this weekend for football. Iowa State the next Saturday back home. We now know that will be a night game, if you have not heard yet. Six o'clock kickoff for that Iowa State game in the Palace. And uh, what's the date on that, Drake? The 30th. 30th, thank you. So that's great. Good news. We got a night game at home against Iowa State. I think it's in, did I see FS1? That's that correct, yep, yep. FS1. So Big Fox this week. You got you got the crew, too. You got Gus and Joel this week. Uh, 
my favorite college football TV broadcasting crew, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. And then FS1 for the broadcast of the Iowa State game. And then, of course, it's Texas uh, coming up after that. As for Cincinnati and the offense led by quarterback Emory Jones, here's what defensive coordinator Ted Roof said about him yesterday. As far as Cincinnati's offense, uh, you know, multidimensional, the the thing that jumps out the most is, you know, they're one of the top rushing offenses in the country. I think they're the eighth rushing offense in the country. The least amount of yards they've been held to this year is 219 rushing yards. That's a lot. Okay, and that's the that's the low end of what they've done. So, our ability to, to defeat blocks, fit, and tackle is going to be a big, big deal uh, this week because they're really physical in what they do. And you know, that's a team that you know has a lot of pride over the last five years. They're one of the most winning team in college football. It's not like that. I mean, that just went away. That's 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 who they are. So, we're going to have to we're going to have to put our best foot forward and go go play really well. You know, in an environment that should be pretty hostile to to, to find a way to win. Drake, you got uh, any nerves over this game? Yeah, I mean, just a little bit. I mean, last year, the road environment is something that OU kind of struggled in, especially mm-hmm. when it came to Big 12 play. Lost three road games last year, which is very odd for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've been a great road team the last few years. All of them in conference play, correct? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so, I TCU, mean, there's... TCU, West Virginia. yeah. And TCU, West Virginia, and yes, yes, that's right. So, I mean, from that standpoint, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of uh, butterflies in the stomach about the game from that standpoint. But I mean, there is also the full belief that this this year just kind of feels different with the way that the team has played so far this year. Um, Cincinnati's defense does scare me because of hearing uh, Teddy hype them up the last two weeks for sure. But, um, I mean, it, at the end of the day, you're Oklahoma, and you have to be confident, like, yeah, we're going to get everybody's best on the road each and every week, uh, regardless of the quality of that opponent, and we have to be ready for it. And if OU does what they are capable of, then they should go into Cincinnati and win this weekend. Did the uh, – well, uh, first off, the thing that concerns me, I mean, there are there are things about their football team to be, you know, uh, that they're, they're good at, which is going to be the case every week. Don't want to be overselling the team. They just got beat by Miami of Ohio. But they do have a very good defensive line, it appears. They do have a very good running game, it appears. So in the on the lines of scrimmage, um, they're good. And uh, but the thing that you know gives me a little bit of nerves is just, and maybe this is silly, but like this is a big, 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 big deal up there. Could work against them. Yeah. But you heard Dan Horde talk about it. If you were with us in the seven o'clock hour, the play-by-play voice for the Bearcats. Being in the Big 12 is a big deal for them. And when they saw it pop up that Oklahoma was their first home game, uh, they have been anticipating this ever since. It is going to be pomp and circumstance, and place is going to be packed and rocking, and they can't wait. They can't wait for Oklahoma to come to town. Now, again, that could work against them. Maybe they're too hyped up. Oklahoma has not been a program that's too bothered by people being excited to play them in the past. 
it's the biggest game on everybody's schedule most years. But it, it, it will be an environment. This is not Tulsa. This is a legitimate road environment. It's only 40,000. This is not like we're going to see in the SEC, but it is one of the top five loudest stadiums in America, at least according to one website. So it's not nothing. And uh, it'll be a good win if they can get it. Did the guy who texted about Georgia's blitzing text me back? Uh, Let me let me go find it. Let me try and go. find it. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, stats here and I'm just uh, I haven't compared these in advance. I don't know if they're going to be favorable or not favorable. Uh, Oklahoma's defense right now giving up nine point three points a game. Georgia eight. Uh, Let's see here. Blitzing would pertain to forcing turnovers. Georgia's got six forced turnovers so far this year. Oklahoma has forced eight turnovers. Georgia has four sacks. OU has five sacks. Not a big difference between the two. They've played South Carolina, which is the best opponent probably that either team has faced. I would say South Carolina is better than SMU, although that might be an entertaining football game. But I don't see any big, massive statistical differences here. Yeah, I, I mean, the, Sooner Chris has not texted back in uh, following up on that, but a few people saying it, it. And, I mean, it's it's all about how people feel like it's going, right? But most of the people saying it just feels like Georgia gets home more. But this year, is that really the, yeah, this year, is that really the case? I mean, the last two years, they've been the dominant force defensively that we've Probably as big a dominant defensive force as we've seen in college football in a long time the last two years. Mm -hmm. So is it kind of unfair to even compare this Georgia team to last year's Georgia defense? Yeah, I I think it is because historically you're talking about an all-time defense. Yeah. Well, a lot goes into bringing blitzes, and again, Teddy could speak uh, both these teams are among the best in the country, by the way, in defensive third down percentages, uh, OU and Georgia. I'm not telling you OU's got a better defense than Georgia. Don't get me wrong. Maybe they do, I'm not, but I'm not saying that. Um, you got to trust your back end, right? you got to trust your secondary. I, I think they do. I, I think, yeah, I, I mean, Oklahoma blitzes a lot. And maybe in the last couple of years, Georgia, I mean, not maybe, Georgia has had an unbelievable defense, chock full of NFL guys, and they have gotten home a lot. Whether this Georgia defense is of that caliber or not remains to be seen. Well, and to be honest, like I, I don't know what the blitz percentages are for Georgia, but they've been so talented on the defensive line, interior, and on the edge the last two years that – Really, they're able to get home with just bringing their four down linemen quite a bit, mm-hmm. and <laughs> that's the best way to do it. Yeah. By the way, yeah, absolutely. If you can get pressure with four, don't bring five. Yeah, it gives you more people to be in pass coverage. I think there are some people who feel like blitz every play, make it as hard on the quarterback as possible. You're not always making it hard on the quarterback when you blitz. Sometimes you're making it easy on him because if they pick it up. Then you got fewer guys to defend on the back end. So if you can get home with four, that's the best way to do it. But uh, I understand the importance of being creative and, and catching them by surprise and, and 
and uh, getting a blitzer and uh, all that kind of stuff in the mix. But good question for Ted this afternoon. 848, Chris Plank joins us to wrap it up next. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. Call 405-943-9800 or visit rkblack.com. It is time for The Crossover with Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Brought to you by Orthostat. Injuries aren't convenient, but Orthostat is. Orthostat, convenient orthopedic care. Seven days a week, no appointment needed. Now, with The Crossover, here's Toby Rowland, TJ Perry, and Chris Plank. Chris Plank joins us now. It's crossover time. He'll guide you safely through the next three hours. Did you see the Lane Kiffin tweet this morning, Chris? I, I haven't seen the tweet. I favorited. Favorited? Do you still like the uh, tweet? Because I wanted to listen to like this little tit for tat and back and forth that he's having with who's really calling the defense at Alabama. But what did he tweet? Mm-hmm. He tweeted, uh, it, it is a clip of Taylor Swift singing Castles Crumbling. Oh, <laughs> and it is, and and with it, he has put an emoji of a castle. It looks like it's being attacked by a fireball or something. Uh, so I mean, I assume mm. this is uh, the words of the song talk about a dynasty crumbling and stuff ah. like that. So I assume this is a shot at Alabama. The week he's playing Alabama, Kiffin is always. He was the guy that said during media days, and I thought it was hilarious, yeah, you guys, uh, about every two or three years, you get Paul Feinbaum to come over here and say that Alabama's done and Nick Saban's lost it, and the next thing you know, you look Uh up and they win the national championship. But, But maybe Lane Kiffin looks at this and says, that's an odd reaction to basically an honest point. What's what's going on over there? Why – why flip flopping with quarterbacks? Why not accepting or being honest about who's calling plays? Interesting. Maybe Lane wins sees something. Alabama win that game Saturday? It's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. But uh, how about this? Are you confident enough to have it in your consideration for the Royal Rumble upset? No. Nick? Okay. No. Well, how much are they a dog? A f- seven and a half. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going to ask me to lock Alabama. Um, lock maybe, that up. Maybe I would consider Ole Miss for the upset there. Okay. I'll have to see what else. I've can, not surveyed the landscape. Of I the have. Can we have a little yet. conversation about it Go here? Go ahead. I usually pick about five or six games that I look at and say, hmm, that's in consideration. You're in first place right now, by the way. This is the leader speaking, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Here's the problem. Taking notes. I've Last year, I was really bad through the first three weeks. And if you go back the year before – the first year we did this, I don't know if you keep those records, T-Row, but I want to say I like got off to a fire start then ended up DFL. But there is a game on Friday night that there is no way this spread can be right. And I want to tell you something. The last time I felt this way, my lock this week, T- Tennessee over Florida. <laughs> but I, I cannot fathom San Diego State being a home touchdown dog to Boise State. Okay, I so can't. this is the difference between you and me. Go ahead. You pick, like, Old Dominion and Florida International, and you cannot fathom San Diego State and Boise State. Like, I have a hard time keeping the 12 to 15 teams that are relevant <laughs> in Oklahoma circle straight in my head. I have no idea how good any of these other teams are out there in the world. So, 
Hunches uh, and I trends. Try, I try to I try to just keep it to okay. what I know. You have so to, go for it. You have to remember, T. Rowe. Uh, San Diego State was probably considered for the Big Twelve at some point. Plank host of the sure. Big Twelve show. <laughs> oh, so. I know, no, I no, I know Chris. I, I'm well aware Chris is much smarter than me in a d- deeper breadth of knowledge. No, I just don't ever like. I just ignore those games. Okay. That have anything to do if the if the, the, the they're not in a Power Five or you know all that kind of stuff. So no. you're telling me wh- who's favorite again? Boise State is a seven point favorite on the road at San Diego State. Okay. And they should be more than that or less than that? What's the uh I don't w- think Boise State is all that. Okay. So in other okay. words, so I you're going saw upset that. special San Diego State. But here's the thing. Here's the thing and this has no I I mean it's one of those picks things, right? So this is not going to make any sense. I don't think I've won a pick on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think every time I've taken a game on a Friday now I've won a Thursday I've never won a Friday night, so that scares me a little bit, T-Row. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it I, makes I, no I, sense. I, um, I don't like picking Thursday and Friday games. Thank you. Either. Thank you. Yeah, I like the drama of it hanging in the air on Saturday. I'm scrolling through these real quick, and you know who I kind of like for an upset special? Just Who's, real quickly, just yeah, scanning yeah. through. Ole Miss over Alabama. Oh, yeah! He pulled the trigger. <laughs> Let's go, T-Row. Uh, I'm not Get on the lane it. train. <laughs> We'll see, maybe. Chris, have a good show today. All right, Toby. Have a great day, man. Thanks to Dan Horde, voice of the Cincinnati Bearcats, for joining us today. Thank you, fine folks, for listening as well. Drake, great job. Enjoy sleeping in tomorrow. JT is back on Wednesday. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. It's the Plank Show with Chris Plank and Josh Helmer. Weekdays from 9 a.m. till noon on your home for Sooner fans. The Ref. Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app.